I'm your host, Dora Vandekamp. Welcome to the Biohack Your Beauty podcast, where we take a deep dive into the world of biohacking, lifestyle, wellness, and self-development. Join me in uncovering the mysteries of beauty, anti-aging, and ultimate longevity with the experts, teachers, and guides who are leading the health revolution. Hello, beautiful ones. Welcome back for an incredible all new episode and happy spring. Spring is an amazing time to check in with our health and well-being. I'm getting ready to test my blood work again with my absolutely favorite tracking resource, Inside Tracker. So last year I tested 43 of my biomarkers with Inside Tracker, including my vitamin D levels, my iron, hormones, and glucose levels. And I also tested my inner age. Since then, I have changed a number of things in an effort to work on the specific biomarkers that need work and that if not addressed could cause long-term health issues. I'm also working on lowering my inner age. So I am currently 37 and my goal is for my inner age to be 10 years younger than my calendar age. I will keep you updated on what happens. I do love Inside Tracker for empowering me to take my health into my own hands and become the healthiest possible version of myself. I highly recommend Insight Tracker to anyone who wants to find out more about the current state of their health and how to improve their health. Remember you receive 25% off any plan with code Dora Vandekamp. All right, let's dive into today's episode. The incredibly beautiful Courtney Forcefield is here to talk about soul discovery, breath work, and life purpose. In this episode, we discuss soul memory discovery, different modalities for inner healing, the benefits of breath work, different breath work techniques, and the meaning of life. Before we begin, please help us build our reviews by scrolling down to the bottom and rating this podcast. If you screenshot your review and direct message it to me on Instagram, I will share your profile on my Instagram story with my followers. Thank you so much. All right, let's go to the show. Hello, Courtney. How are you today? Hi, Dora. I'm so good. So good to be with you. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you here. I know we're going to dive into some really, really important and powerful stuff. So I would love to just start with what you do and you support soul searchers in forming a deeper connection with their body, their mind, their heart, and their spirit. And I would love to just begin with that. What is, what is a soul searcher? Mm, I love that. Thank you for the beautiful introduction. Um, yeah. So a soul searcher to me is somebody who is looking for the deeper aspects of life, uh, usually profoundly curious and 
kind of isn't just um, content maybe to be on the surface level of things. They want to be in deeper relationship and deeper connection with themselves, with other people, with God or great spirit, or source, universe, energy, whatever their word for it is, whatever their religion is, or if they just identify as spiritual, I believe that we all have an innate spirituality. Even if we don't believe in anything, <laughs> that's our spirituality and that's a spirituality of itself, um, atheism or agnostics. agnostics um, is also its own spirituality. So anyone who's kind of searching for a deeper connection with their soul. And so for me um, and through my studies, particularly of the koshas, um, the five bodies in uh, Indian spirituality, um, ancient Vedic scriptures, they talk about the koshas, which are uh, the five layers of the energy bodies. Um, and so they classify them as the physical body, the mental body, the emotional body, the Atman, the spiritual body, soul body, and the energetic body. And the energetic body is kind of this layer that connects and permeates through all the other bodies uh, in a really powerful way. So in my research and my trainings to start with the spiritual self and affect change from the soul level, it creates these ripples out to all the other areas of life. So a lot of holistic health professionals or even just health professionals in general will start with mental health or emotional health or physical health. And they're all just different avenues of creating transformation, creating health, creating change. And for me, I like to start with the deep spiritual layers and affect change or transformation or healing on those levels, because I found it much easier for emotional health, mental health, and physical health to fall in line when we work on that deeper spiritual level. Wow, that's so fascinating. That's amazing. I love the idea of starting kind of at the root, which is kind of what I would think of as the spiritual body being the root, right? Yeah. So, and so you're working with the spiritual body and are you working simultaneously? I know they ripple through, but are you also working with the energetic body or is that kind of separate and just affected by the spiritual body? Yeah, great. Thanks for making that distinction. You know, because with a lot of these numinous subjects, it's not always so like cut and dry as we love to be in our uh, modern society with science, which is such a beautiful tool. And then a lot of the the spiritual and energetic, it's also, you know, like it's also <laughs> yes. uh, visceral and fluid and changing, uh, which is why I love how you structure the podcast to be fluid and to go with kind of those callings from deep within. So to answer your question, yes, the energetic body, uh, because it kind of ripples out through all and it's like the fabric. I don't know if you've ever seen a video of uh, fascia, the fascia mm -hmm. and the skin. Yeah, we have a whole podcast episode oh, on dude. the fascia. It's cool. fascinating. Okay, I'm, I'll check that one out next. <laughs> yes, amazing. it's amazing. It's so, and it's beautiful because it's, it is kind of like an encasing of everything. So 
it does affect everything, right? The way you feel everything about your body is affected by your fascia. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. Amazing. So I'm glad that, yeah. So I often think of the energetic body sort of like that as well, but rather than kind of on a mm, horizontal plane or kind of permeating through all planes, the energetic body ripples <laughs> through everything. So yeah, I definitely, I love to work with energy and, you know, like I have studied quite a bit of psychology and mental health, emotional health, physical well-being as well. Um, I've care, I've been into my like fitness and nutrition journey for a while too. So I definitely believe in a holistic approach. I just have such a passion and love for the spiritual, the deep, those like, and just having people experience a connection with their soul and with the core of their being, that part of them that is unchanging and cannot be destroyed and was there at the beginning of time and will be there at the end of time. That just gives such a great anchor and sense of peace and wholeness. So that's why I love to start with that soul and then definitely the energetic body and also play on the mental, emotional and physical levels too. So beautiful. How did you get into this work? What was kind of your journey uh, coming to the realization that this was what you were really passionate about? Yeah, so it's so interesting what I just shared about the koshas and the um, different layers of uh, the bodies. I first learned that in 2013, kind of just as like a download. I just very viscerally saw these layers (laughs) to life and even social interactions and um, community kind of being outside the physical layer and then the physical body and then the mental body and then the emotional and then the spiritual and I only got that far but then when I learned about the koshas I learned that those that was a thing that was like a thing people knew about and then there's also the energetic body and now you hear quite a lot uh, a lot more talk about this which I'm so excited for but so this is Back in 2013, I was just finishing college. I was graduating a year early because I had some AP credits and (laughs) um, I had kind of, I'd had amazing self-explorations in the first two years of college. But then by the third year, I was like, okay, what am I doing? Who who do I want to be in the world? Who have I been my whole life? And started asking these questions and, um, got kind of really serious about finding the answers. I was uh, listening to a lot of TED Talks and writing poetry and kind of stopped going to parties, stopped doing a lot of the things that I had been doing previously. And instead I was meditating and doing yoga. I was doing yoga naked in my mirror every day and just like really getting comfortable with myself and being with myself. And through that process, a lot of darkness and shadows that I had stuffed down uh, started coming to the surface as well and at this point um, there I think like on Instagram we were just talking about how social media is such a beautiful tool and uh, the only people I really knew that were talking about spirituality at this point were people that I saw talking about it on Instagram I didn't really have anyone in my immediate circles that knew anything about this so 
I started learning a lot about conspiracy theories as, as they're called, which a lot of them, like real evidence has started to come out about now, which is very interesting to see. And um, yeah, and then I was experiencing a lot of loneliness, had a bit of like a dark night of the soul because nobody around me really understood this kind of new new me that was emerging and so um I, I lost quite a few friends and even some of my family members didn't understand what was happening with me so I went into like a very dark place for a little while and then um my mom actually she found this life coach shaman energy worker that was like she sounds like she's into what you're into and so um, this was kind of my first experience of therapy or life coaching was, was with this beautiful shamanic light healer energy woman. And uh, that was just amazing. <laughs> she really opened my whole world. I've always had some clairvoyance and clairaudience and spiritual experiences throughout my life. But that 2013 is when I really had a full-on spiritual awakening. Um, and then from there, I started learning tarot almost immediately. Um, started playing with tarot and oracle cards back then. And then uh, shortly after, I, maybe a few years after I learned astrology and got went deep with astrology, I had an astrology teacher who taught me how to read birth charts for myself and for my clients and friends and family. Uh, from there, I learned Reiki. I got certified Reiki level two. And, um, you know, I love Reiki and think it's such a beautiful modality, quantum energy healing. There's so many different energy healing modalities, but whenever I'm teaching someone how to do energy healing, I always tell them energy healing has been around as long as there's been energy. So you don't necessarily need to rely on Reiki or on these beautiful, beautiful systems that we have for training. They're helpful, but maybe your path is to unlock your own way of doing energy healing from within yourself. And that can be a great gift to give to the world through developing that within you. Uh, so energy healing came and then I took this picture of this like rainbow light being. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, but I'll, I'll send it to you. And yeah, I would love to. I'd love to share it. Maybe a link in the show. Yeah, notes. yeah cool. That would be beautiful. Uh, I, it was this amazing picture where it really looks like a being, a real person, like a rainbow energy, light body. It has this whole presence. It's, you know, because I, I love pictures of orbs and those are beautiful, but this is different. This is like, um, I don't know if you know Stephen Greer, Dr. Stephen Greer, but I don't know. I don't think so. He's doing sure. some interesting work on like UFOs and okay, uh, okay. aliens and kind I of know David Hawkins and I know kind of a number of, but I don't think I've ever, I may have heard of him, but I don't know. It's not coming to me. Okay. I hope I'm saying his name right. I'll, I can, I can send the link. <laughs> we can also put it in the show notes if anybody yeah, is perfect. interested in checking it out. That's perfect. I love that. Cool. So it looks a lot like some of the interdimensional light beings he's photographed. And so that sent me on like a huge journey of 
deeper searching <laughs> what is this what is this phenomenon this is so interesting and that led me to soul memory discovery which is this really powerful modality uh, that includes a lot of things such as aura clearings and protections uh, clearing spirits earthbound spirits from the the earth, uh, people who have passed on but haven't quite made it back to source, and so helping them to get back to source, mm, spirit guides, karma, clearing karmic lessons that you're working through and putting an end to those, uh, very deep, very deep work. <laughs> I felt like I had hit a, found a treasure chest when I learned that with so many incredible tools. Um, Akashic record readings. I got a lot into those and that opened up for me. And then most recently I've uh, gotten into breathwork and breathwork has kind of been this uh, incredible grounding tool for me because a lot of my early work was very crown chakra, upper, <laughs> upper um, explorations, astral travel. I've always been a very um kind of fairy floaty bird flight kind of a being and so breathwork for me is so grounding and rooting and for my clients as well I work with a lot of people who experience anxiety or stress or racing thoughts that they can't slow down and through the breath we find this calm center within ourselves and create presence just for whatever is to be, which increases your capacity to be present and not disassociate from your body or have panic attacks when other stressors come up in life. So this has been my, my full journey. Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I love that you articulated the way that you kind of the journey kind of opens up and then there's also the next chapter opens up because of the last one, right? And you just continue to evolve and kind of follow the, the path that's laid before you. So I think it's amazing that you also shared that you went kind of through that dark night of the soul because that's where the transformation happens as well, right? <laughs> it would be nice if there wasn't like that kind of really challenging time in your life where you could just be like, okay, I'm ready for the next thing. But often you kind of have to struggle through something dark to move forward into where you're supposed to go or where you're supposed to be. And I love that as well, because you do talk about shadow work and, and um, working with the shadow. And, and that's something that I want to touch on in a little bit. But first, mm -hmm. these all amazing, magical things that you mentioned. So the first thing I would love to just mention, so soul memory discovery, which sounds so incredibly beautiful, especially when you talk about those people who are like, there's something more this isn't it. Like this can't just be it, right? There's got to be more to life, to me. So when you're doing the soul memory discovery work with people, um, kind of what does that look like in kind of just a broad sense? Yeah, thank you. It's, again, it's one of those things that can be a little tricky to, <laughs> to um, describe, but I, 
I studied communication in college. And so that's one of my passions is actually putting words and descriptions to these things that are sometimes hard to, to go into. So um, really, a lot of times the way I describe it is you're experiencing the energy of your soul. And that's how I perceive it because each session is so unique, so different. I've done it with people who are not very into spirituality, who are just kind of like, oh, that sounds interesting. I feel I feel I want to do this. And their experiences are so cool. And then I've, you know, like the the takeaway I always have after soul memory discovery sessions is just like, wow, look at how unique and beautiful every person's soul is. Their energy is completely their own, their skills, their, and also they have these callings that have been within them their whole lives that have been forgotten or buried or ignored. And then they hear me say them and they're just like, yes, I've always wanted to do that. And I'm like, yes, this is like, this is written on you and within you and you've just been ignoring it, but it's always going to be there. And it's up to you to pull it out and activate it. So that's, they're very activating. Um, There's about 40 to 50 different processes within the soul memory discovery book that I use. Uh, So it just, really depends on the person sitting in front of me. It depends on the guidance that comes through and where we're guided. I use a pendulum to get yeses and nos from their spirit guides. And lately, quite a few of my clients have been reflecting to me that like, wow, it's so interesting to see you interacting with my spirit guides and for them to feel the presence of their spirit guides as well. I work with uh, Ascended Masters only in these sessions. So it's a very, very high vibrational, beautiful energy. It's not, you know, because there's so many different kinds of spirits that we can work with or have access to. And to work with the Ascended Masters is just like such an unconditionally loving, uplifting they want nothing but the absolute best for you and to see you succeed and flourish and live your mission and be in love with yourself and your life and so yeah that energy alone is so beautiful for people to receive and feel we can go into past lives sometimes and healing of past lives we can do meditations to take people back to source, to connect with source and come back into their body feeling really renewed, uh, cord cuttings, sometimes instructions are given for ceremonies for people to do to release certain behaviors or energies or people if that's appropriate, whatever. Yeah, whatever it's it's, and it's like a very collaborative process too. The other person and I are like weaving this experience for them with spirit and the guidance and everything. Oh, that's so cool. Um, I can imagine that everybody's different. And I like that you mentioned that because we, like you mentioned earlier with the way that we look at science, we have kind of this like one size fits all. And especially with the recent events, right? Like one size fits all. And so, so powerful that you mentioned that everybody is different. Every single person has a different experience and a different energy body and a different soul and all of these. I mean, if we go into past lives, right? Like how unique that we have this like 
cumulative experience of all of the people we've been. And here we are. So I think it's so cool. One of the things you mentioned as well as the Ascended Masters, do you have any in particular that you really love working with or that come through for you really often? Yeah, so I have personal uh, Ascended Masters guides that uh, I work with quite often, but for other people, it's always unique and different. And often people will come through or guides will come through that I'm not quite sure of. So I go on a little bit of a, a treasure hunt to find out who this who this being is. Um, for me, Kuan Yin has been a huge guide and influence on my path. I'm a quarter Japanese and um, yeah, and just compassion is a huge part of my path is a huge key code that I carry and the space that I hold for people as well. It's so much about compassionate, like just meeting them, whoever they are, wherever they are, not wanting to change them or them to be, but just really just loving them and holding them and whatever their human experience is. And um, so Kuan Yin is a big one. I grew up Christian, so Jesus and Mary Magdalene as well are uh, two beautiful guides that I work with. And then also the Archangel Michael is a really, and I actually, I didn't know much. I didn't know anything about Archangel Michael really until my soul memory discovery session with my teacher. And she was like, this powerful masculine presence. She's like, oh, you don't know who this is? And I was like, no. And she's like, he's a sword. She's describing him. I'm like, I have no idea. And she was like, it's Archangel Michael. And then I was like, wow. And I've always been told my whole life, you're very protected. People have always just said that to me that like, wow, you're very protected. And there's this masculine presence with you protect that's really looking out for you and protecting you. And so I understand that to be Archangel Michael, um, as well as many other many other things but th that was my first sense of like oh this is why I've been so protected because I have this beautiful archangel who is like God <laughs> looking out for me and yeah that that was so beautiful to realize yeah I I love all of the ascended masters you mentioned are just for me as well I grew up Christian as well my partner is Chinese, so Kuan Yin is a huge part of his experience. And then Archangel Michael, I went through my dark night of the soul. And actually, I ended up being introduced to Archangel Michael during that time. And now I work with a, a number of archangels, but he was kind of the first one, you know, so... <laughs> He holds a special place, right? In your heart. Yeah. You're like, he's my go-to guy. So I totally understand that. I love that so much. Um, mm -hmm. You also mentioned earthbound spirits, which I think I just want to touch on because that's something we haven't ever really talked about on the podcast before. If you can just kind of tell us what that means and kind of why you do this work to help them move, move on. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for that. I just want to first, I want to address what you just shared about oh, having yeah. <laughs> so many of the same experiences yeah. with those spirit guides. I love that. And it's it's interesting because, you know, there's like, there's quite a few more I could have mentioned, but I think it's it's always so relevant 
the, you know, everything we say, there's a synchronicity and there's a purpose, especially when you're living with so much alignment, <laughs> the, the words you say are so intentional. And so I love that the spirit guides are like, that we talked to, that I brought up were the exact same ones that you have these profound experiences with too. It's so beautiful. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your experience. Yeah, it is beautiful. I And I I love that because it's almost like being sisters yes. <laughs> kind of in a way, right? Because you're like, yeah. these are the, these are kind of our parents in a way or like our guides, but it's bigger than that. They're kind of like our guardians. So it, there's something really special about that, being able to see that we're, we're both and many of us are being guided by the same beautiful, amazing guardians. And so we have that that in that kind of like common commonality. And I think that's really cool to think about too. Mm, yes, I agree. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, yeah. So earthbound spirits. Um, so basically when somebody dies, if they don't have a connection to source, or if maybe if they're really afraid of what's going to happen to them when they die, uh, or if they're you know, they don't feel that their work is done or they have family members they really want to stick around for, for many, many reasons, but these are a few of the common ones, they might not transition back to the other side. So, you know, people who are really excited to meet Jesus and God or people who meditate frequently and so they have this connection to everything, people who have, who do the spiritual work, uh, usually that is that is the remedy for not becoming an earthbound spirit um and when you pass when you pass on your loved ones will kind of come to meet you and your angels and they'll be encouraging you to the other side but if you've been stuck in so much darkness and you don't want to leave and you don't you don't know where you want to go you get you get stuck um and you then once that kind of window of opportunity that just opened up for you to go back to the light closes it's closed and so now you're kind of like a ghost or and these aren't malicious spirits they're not evil you know sometimes people are very afraid of them but they don't want to hurt you <laughs> they just they want to um kind of be warmed by your light and so all of us in body and uh, now have a soul light that is shining off of us so sometimes these spirits will come and kind of hang on to your light to your aura to kind of get that warmth but then you feel their presence and it's scary or you know sometimes they will also kind of crowd around someone who had similar problems or challenges that they had in their life. So like, if you're an alcoholic, you might have all these alcoholic spirits crowding around you. Um, and they don't just attach to people, they can attach to places or they can just be here on the earth. So my work started with people in soul memory discovery sessions, helping earthbound spirits that were attached to their aura get back to the light. And it actually 
it opened up for me even before I was trained in soul memory discovery because a girl came into this tea shop I was at and was like super freaked out asking the owners like because they had a bunch of herbs and sage and she's like there's a spirit in my house and she told all the experiences she was having that were really scary and she's like I don't know what to do and I was like oh I can tell you what to do and so I started telling her what to do and she's like could you just come do it and I was like yeah, I can. <laughs> so that was my first experience and I cleared the spirit and that was kind of when my work really, really started with this. Um, these days, I also will clear spirits from places. I can sometimes feel that there's just this clogging of dense energy uh, because they're not connected to source anymore they're disconnected and they're lost they kind of create this almost like layer of density and smog and confusion and um, disconnection on the earth so whenever possible I will create a pillar of light outside of myself um, open this pillar of light first I create sacred space around me so I'm protected and then I'll create a pillar of uh, light that goes from the earth back up to source up to heaven uh, and then I invite the spirits that want to go back to come and invite the angels to help them get to the other side or any of their loved ones that are on the other side that want to help them get back and it's it's a really beautiful feeling I've had quite a few friends participate with me and they're like whoa like you can you can feel this like lightness in this movement uh, back to source. So yeah, I've been asked by, by uh, spirit to continue to teach people how to do this because it's helping make the earth lighter and not so clogged with. And you know, these days, a lot of my clients come to me and I rarely find earthbound spirits attached to them. A lot of times because they're doing some sort of meditation already, or they use sage, or they use, they already do energy clearings on themselves, or they, you know, they play with sound bowls, and they're just already keeping their energy fields very clean, which is beautiful. Uh, so I do feel that there's this lightness happening, even while there's a darkness happening in other ways and other places, uh, which is, which is interesting to perceive. I think that's beautiful. My parents have this house that has been in our family since my grandfather built the house. And I told her, you know, I think we have some spirits lingering. And she's like, I don't want them to leave. I like having them here. Because you know? <laughs> there's also that attachment on the other side. So I think it's very fascinating. Yes. Yeah. You know, and in the early days of doing this work, a lot of people I would find would have spirits of loved ones that that had passed away that were still, and they would get so emotional when it was brought up. And they also had that feeling that they didn't want them to leave, but it's actually, you know, how it works is once they go back to source and are kind of renewed and they have their life review and they have that completion from that life, they can still, spirits can travel still. It's just, that they are now healed and whole and part of the oneness and not lost and confused and disconnected. 
So yeah, that's why I, I try to encourage people like, let's just let them go back. And then if they choose to, they can come back, but in a more healed and whole way than what they are, <laughs> what they are. Yeah. I think that's really powerful to mention. And then let's talk about breath work because this is a huge part of your work. Um, and you did mention it's really powerful for grounding, but what is breath work? What does it look like? What does it feel like for people? Yeah, beautiful. Uh, so there's lots of different techniques. I like to teach my clients techniques that they can use in their day-to-day -day reality, as well as uh, in an isolated session. But we breathe for 35 minutes uh, with the conscious connected breathwork technique. So that is a specific technique that I took a seven-month training program in uh, to become a breathwork facilitator. And uh, so through that, what I love about that is that it's kind of like soul memory discovery. Everyone gets exactly what they need based on who they are and based on the day. So a lot of my clients are shocked when they come back for the second or third session. They're like, this was so different <laughs> than the first. Or the, you know, I have a few clients that are like every single session is so different and I never know what to expect and that's actually part of the the guidance around it is don't have any expectations because sometimes you will go on a spiritual journey you will have almost like a beautiful meditative spiritual experience I've had clients who have loved ones who've passed on visit them who've had who've gone back to source back to heaven all just through their breath with nothing else than just changing your typical breathing pattern. Uh, there's also opportunity for emotions to come up, emotions that have been stored in the body, whether that's trauma or just even just physical tension in the body. You'll almost always find after breath work that any tension you're holding on to has left and you feel a lot lighter in your physical body. Um, but also there's an emotional aspect to it sometimes. And this is what's so interesting is that one person will have like a big emotional release next time. And then the next time they come, they'll have maybe just like a very gentle light experience where it almost feels like not much happened, but you just feel a big sense of peace and relaxation. Uh, a lot of times you'll get messages or creative inspiration, insights and ideas. Um, I am working on a poetry book right now and doing um, like a 365 days of poetry challenge. But, um, but whenever I do breath work, a poem will usually come through that needs to be needs to be written down. So whatever you're kind of creatively working with you'll usually because you're creating peace and space then it creates room for whatever your body's needing and whatever your soul is wanting to deliver to come through so I almost a lot of actually in a lot of different cultures the word breath also means spirit and yeah and so it's beautiful I think of the breath being kind of like the chariot that the spirit rides on into the body. So the more air you're taking in, 
the more you're consciously breathing with each breath, we invite more of our soul to come into our body and be, be at home here. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And yeah, I think it's really powerful thinking about that idea of creating space as well, because I think one of the things that our culture at least suffers from the most is that anxiety and that constant, like there is no room between a thought. Like, it's just like so many thoughts and so many racing ideas. And, and I mean, physically too, we're kind of always going, going, going. And so the idea of creating space is such a powerful concept. When you work with people, do you kind of help them implement daily practices for breath work? Do you feel like that's a really important thing to have a daily practice with that? Yes. Yes, I do. And it can even be something as simple as five minutes or 10 minutes to just literally be with your breath. It can be that simple. (laughs) Just just watching it come in and out, maybe doing a little bit longer, shorter, or not long, shorter, longer, deeper breaths, and um, just finding that peace and that calmness in the beginning of your day, it really carries into the rest of your day, but it can also be, um, I was just speaking to a client, a new client, and she said, oh, you shared about the power of the one breath, and I've been using that, and it's been helping a lot. It's something that one of my teachers shared with me of just the power of one breath to change your state. So sometimes we don't even have time for five or 10 minutes, but we can just use one deep intentional breath to shift out of whatever frantic state or heavy state or whatever state we were in and shift into that level of peace and stillness and find it through just one breath. Um, I also like to give people box breath because I feel like that's really easy to implement when you're in a, when you get into that fight or flight response to do, and because that's, it comes from Navy SEALs, that's Navy SEALs use box breathing when they're in a high stress situation and they need to be able to still think and process and make great decisions. And so I love to give people box breathing, which is simply Breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, hold for four seconds. And you just repeat that. And even the act of counting one, two, three, four, it gives your mind something to focus on. So that can also really help with racing thoughts. So these are just a few. There's a bunch of other breathing techniques, but I always find like those are the most simple. Start with that and just whenever you're able to throughout the day, pay attention to your breathing. Notice when you're holding your breath. Notice when you're breathing shallow. Notice when you're like in a really nice breathing pattern and just start to become aware is, is a lot of the work as well. Yeah. It's so powerful too. We underestimate. It's kind of like water. It's probably the most foundational element that we need but we're always like what's wrong why do I feel why do I have a headache why do I feel like this right and it's often it's like the most the simple answer it's like the breath or maybe dehydration but those are kind of such imperative things to even consider is like oh I'm having anxiety because I'm not breathing 
and we also know, I'm sure you know this too, the breath really affects the vagus nerve and the nervous system, right? And so even just thinking of it in a physical sense, like that breathing is so powerful for literally changing your physiology. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's so interesting because uh, we learn a lot about the, the physical body and what ha- is ha- going on in the body with um, lack of breath and with um, more breath when you introduce more oxygen into the system and the breathing technique that I do. Uh, I'm doing a free group breath work every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So if you want to learn this technique, you can come and yeah, I would love to have you there. That's amazing. And I'll, we'll do that in the show notes too. We'll put a okay. link um, yeah, to the information so other people can join too, because it sounds awesome. Sounds amazing. Yeah, amazing. So the breath breathing technique that we do, it can be done through the nose as well, but um, a lot of times it's recommended through the mouth. And so even breathing through the mouth changes the temperature of the air because our nose, the way it filters the air and like spirals it through and the whole chemical biological reaction through the nose is different when breathing through the mouth. And it's definitely, it's recommended on a day-to-day basis that you breathe through the nose. There's been quite, uh, there's an amazing book called Breath by James Nestor. Fascinating. I highly recommend it. Oh, it's so good. So good. Yeah. Which talks a lot about why it's important to breathe through the nose, but in an isolated short period incidence to breathe through the mouth, to get an activating experience can be really powerful as well. And it's, it is, it's just so fascinating. All the chemical, biological, spiritual, emotional, mental, the way that all these processes are happening with just something so simple as the breath. And that's, I think, why it's so funny that, you know, I've studied all these different modalities and then I've come back down to the breath, which really feels like, um, it almost feels like you know, someone who goes on this huge, long journey just to arrive back home and yeah. like, and just like still chopping wood, carrying water, but with more peace now. And what, you know, so it's, the journey is so important, but to all these beautiful, complicated things, just to find peace and stillness through the breath is, yeah, it's, it does feel like a cool twist in the yeah. story. I love that. It's kind of like just the idea of like, why, why do we travel? You know, like you mm-hmm. come back home, but the fun is in going away from home and experiencing all of the sights and sounds and tastes and all the senses. And then, yeah, you, you come back, you come back around all the time. Right. Yes. It's beautiful. And that's, you know, I guess it, that's the hero's journey or the heroine's journey yeah. that we're all on to, to go. And then at the end, it's like return, return to home and then figure out how to share with the people you know and love about what you just experienced, kind of alchemizing the medicine of the journey into something that is digestible for others, if that's your goal, or it just digestible for yourself if that's if that's your goal as well 
I love that so much. And it brings me to just a question that I think is really interesting to explore. And I wonder what your kind of thought about this is, is kind of why, why do you feel like we are here? Why do our souls choose to come here and, and do this, this all the time, right? Because we keep coming back. <laughs> so, you know, why, why are we here? What's, what's the point? Mm, yeah. What's the point? It's so funny. I've been, <laughs> I've actually been exploring that with one of my uh, mentorship clients quite, quite deeply. I do a three month mentorship program and we've really been getting into this. What's the point question. And, you know, I, I see it almost as a spectrum where there is no point and there's every single point you could ever imagine. And there's all these options in between. Um, and there's, there's very different missions for different people. And I go, I always, when I'm considering this question, I always go back to the creation myth and the creation story, which I like to tell through numerology because I think that's something our brain can understand and numerology numbers are the building blocks of reality so it's also fun to, to play with with them and thinking of the of zero and there just was nothing and nothing was everything and it was just all there was was nothing and it was all one part of the oneness but it was there was nothing else and so it threw the nothingness in most creation stories there starts with a sound or an intention or a vibration of just like like something moves and splits and so so we have the nothingness and we have the oneness and from the nothingness and the oneness there is a desire for more to experience them to experience the oneness through infinite possibilities and so the nothingness which i like to think of the nothingness as the divine feminine the void the womb the yeah just the darkness if you've ever been in meditation to just like this place of nothingness it's so peaceful and so beautiful and you know I was afraid of it and avoided it most of my life because I'm I'm I have a preference for light and and everythingness I like the just possibility and so nothingness really scared me but to go there and feel that it's it's one of the most beautiful things I've experienced in life uh, and then the everythingness I like to think of is the divine masculine, the energy and the possibility, the lightning, the, the lightning bolt that goes in to the nothingness and creates everything. Uh, and so now we've talked a bit about two, which is polarity, duality, divine feminine, divine masculine. And then from there we have three, which is creation the child, the, the children, as it would be of the nothingness and the everythingness, which is infinite possibility. And so in my opinion, spirit just likes to experience itself in a trillion, a bigger number than I can think of <laughs> ways. And it's fun to then have all these ways meet and create different chemical reactions and different 
possibilities from from their interactions and just be constantly creating more uh, so that's like a kind of a bigger <laughs> a bigger view of it but as we get to look at the earth uh, I've heard it said in quite a few traditions that the earth is the perfect middle ground so if you think of like the nothingness below us and the everythingness above us which really is all oneness it's all one the earth is like the perfect middle ground so below us it gets denser and denser and denser and denser until you get nothing and above us it gets lighter and lighter and higher frequency and higher pitched until you get everything in the bright white light and then we're this perfect middle ground that all things can exist on so it's like a playground to and a great experiment is, is how I think of it oh that's amazing it just reminds me of like we're kind of like the heart chakra you know like mm, yes yeah <laughs> so we're like right in the middle and yeah we're the center and I always love that idea too it's like we it goes inward, outward, upward, and downward, right? So that's a beautiful analogy. I think that's really cool. And yeah, thinking of it as a playground, it's a really yeah. cool way to think about it. I love that so much. Yeah, thank thank you. you. And then I would also love to just ask when we do this work, when we're doing it with you, when we're doing it on our own, this kind of soul memory discovery, what's is the culmination of that kind of how, how does that um, flow into kind of a return or a, a reward? Like, what do you experience once you do this work or by doing this work? Mm, I love that. Yeah. The, like the results of it. It's so interesting because for me, it was never about the results. It was always about the journey, which I think it is for a lot of soul searchers. We're just like, we just want to know more we want to explore more we want to experience more uh and then I sometimes pause and I look at my life and I'm just like whoa look at the abundance that I have look at the peace that I have look at the beauty the love the, just the reality that I am in right now compared to the reality that I was in before I did this work, it's night and day. Like I, I am an excited person and I do love to think and be creative, but there's this calmness inside me that now that when I'm not talking to someone or I'm not experiencing or exploring, I'm okay with being alone and being with myself. And I didn't used to have that feeling. I, the feeling before was like, I need to fill this time, this space with someone because God forbid I listen to what's going on in my own mind and I don't like myself and I don't like this world and I feel so shitty about being here and you know I don't feel good about being here and that has completely changed. I feel happy every day to wake up and live my life and be who I am right now, as well as work towards the person I'm becoming. I have dreams and goals and visions, whereas before it was very much just like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. What do you think I should do with my life? And, and I don't, I don't feel that way anymore. I'm like, I've always dreamed of writing books. I've always dreamed of teaching 
things that matter to people. I've always loved give, like giving advice or working through things with someone and helping them find solutions. Those answers were always there, but if someone said, what do you want to do? I just didn't think it was possible to do all the things that I really wanted to do. And so now I know that it's possible because I'm living that reality and I'm creating that reality every day. So oh, all, all of the benefits of doing the work, they're, they're just like beyond the benefits of doing the work are beyond what you can imagine they would be like you can't even conceptualize the benefits until you look at your life and are just like whoa mm. this is because I didn't run away from my shadows this is because I said yes to myself and to the earth and to being someone that I'm proud of and that I love and that just creates all the ripples of anything <laughs> literally any any possibility Oh, so beautiful. I love that so much. So there are three questions we ask all of our guests on the Biohack Your Beauty podcast. So what is your definition of beauty? My definition of beauty is a love that radiates from inside you out to everything around you. Beautiful. What is your favorite inner or outer beauty tip for our listeners? Yes. Hmm. Drink a cup of water every morning. <laughs> I would probably say before you have anything else, it's something so simple, but just to clean your vessel in the morning with water every day uh, to start. I think I, I, we've talked a lot of inner and spiritual work. So that's something like physical, practical, you can even like bless your cup of water too, with your intentions for the day and put a hand on the bottom and a hand on the top and just like feel love and drink it. And that, that can make it a little bit more metaphysical. <laughs> I love that. That's a very, very good tip. Very useful, I think. And everybody can do it. So <laughs> yes, very accessible. And the last question is, where can people find you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram as Courtney Forcefield. That's probably my favorite social media, but um, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Clubhouse too. It's Courtney Forcefield. Uh, my website is forcefield.energy. I'm doing a little bit of a rebrand of the website right now, but everything up there works. You can find the free breath work that I do on Saturdays there. And yeah, I'd love to just connect. I love to connect with other spiritual soul searchers and anyone really. I just like people <laughs> and, and find it fun to connect over shared interests or topics. And I'm always available for a discovery call, like a 20 minute talk. If you're curious about anything, um, I'd love to explore it with you even in, in that basis. Amazing. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was so beautiful and so powerful. Mm, thank you. I feel that too. I love, I love the work you're doing and the light that you're shining and yeah, I'm sure you know about the beauty way and yeah, just your, your exemplification of the beauty way is really amazing to behold. So thank you. Thank you, Courtney. That means so much. 
If you loved this episode, please give this podcast a positive review on iTunes or Spotify. It helps us spread the word about the power of holistic health and beauty, and it helps this podcast grow. If you share your favorite takeaways from this episode on Instagram, please make sure to tag me so I can reshare. Thank you so much for listening. Have a beautiful week.